Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. Hands together for the resurrected King, because He's resurrecting purpose in this place tonight. He's resurrecting everything that you have lost and restoring it unto you. That's the God that we serve. Can I just get into this word? I'm so excited. Come on, stand with me really quick. I'm going to open up to Psalms 138. Look at your neighbor and say, are you really a 90s baby? That's not my title. I'm just curious. Are you really a 90s baby? (laughs) Listen, the 90s is a good time. The 90s is a different world. The 90s, I'm, I'm going to age myself right now. The 90s was about not just NSYNC and, and Boyz II Men, but remember the Mickey Mouse Club? Y'all don't remember that? M-I-C. Why? Because I love you, right? <laughs> awesome. Yes, I love the 90s, but here's what, the, one of the movies that, you know, we were forbidden from, to watch was House Party. Right? Oh, see, whoever's laughing knows what movie that, that is. House Party was like the movie to watch in preparation for a house party. But I met a guy that taught me how to really party. And he taught me that ain't no party like the Holy Ghost party, because the Holy Ghost party don't... See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? All right, I'm going to read for you Psalms 138. Psalms 138. I'm going to start with verse 7. And it says this. Though I walk in the midst of trouble... You preserve my life. Somebody say, my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Say, for me. me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I'll say it again. Do not forsake the works of your hand. Father God, this is your word. My mouth, your words, my mind, your thoughts. Have your way in this place. It's not about us, but it's all about you. We want to bring you glory after glory after glory, Lord. We want it to be revealed in this place. We want the people that come into this room, that come searching, that come hungry, that come thirsty, God, that they will find, Lord Father God, fulfillment in you. And we declare and decree tonight that, God, this sermon will not return to you void. And that the people of God will take it and run with it and fulfill their God-given purpose in you. And let the people of God say, come on, let the people of God say, come on, let the people of God say, all right, you may be seated. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. So I was preparing for the sermon. I kept saying to myself, Lord, give me a cool title. Give me something fun. You know, it's a 90s party. He's like, listen, daughter, you know. You're here to do my work, my assignment. Just go. But like, get yeah, God, just, you know, just something fun. So I'm, I'm like going through the Bible, and then God gave me the scripture for you guys tonight. And I know that the message tonight is about purpose, awakening purpose, restoring purpose. And more, more importantly, it's to remind you that what God has created has been created with purpose. And how many of you guys know that you have been created by God? 
See, in times like this, we forget who he is. In times like this, we forget who we are. It becomes discouraging when you hear billionaires who make so much money committing suicide. It becomes discouraging when, okay, I'm not, I didn't want to mention this, but when leadership is not so leadership-ish, right? Okay, it becomes discouraging when you, you look at the young people and the younger generation and they're not declaring the will of God and they're not declaring the word of God and they're not, you know, living this unapologetic lifestyle where, where they're not ashamed of the gospel. You're living a life where people are, are suffering in depression. You're living a life where we see and we witness people just falling and we can't even, we feel like we can't do anything about it, but people of God, you can. What you're forgetting is that the God that you serve is the great I am. And the Bible says, he that is in me is greater than he that is in the world. So that means I already won the battle that I can never lose. How could you lose a battle that God's already won? If you are rooted in God, then you can't lose the battle. But here's the problem. We stopped fighting. We have stopped fighting. We, we have come complacent. We're, we're, we're desensitized by everything that's happening. And now when we see things happen, we're not even shocked anymore. We're not even like worried. We're not even like, oh, we're just like, yeah, that sounds about right. And, and, and what bothers me or what troubles me is that I, I sit in, in, on, a, in, on a table of meetings all day long with, with leaders and, and pastors and, and I hear them and they're, and they're motivated and they're charged to make a difference. And then I look to my left and I'm looking at my peers and I'm looking at people that I work with and the people that I, I study with and, and they're like, yeah, mm-hmm. And then I'm saying to myself, God, what happened to passion? What happened to the pursuit of purpose? And so I rem- I'm reminded, of, I don't know if you guys remember this song. You down with OPP? You down with OPP? No? No, I'm aging myself. Oh, God. Okay. So OPP, it, it was a famous song back in the days. It was like UNITY, all the Queen Latifah songs and things like that. And listen, I listened to Kirk Franklin. I'm not going to lie. Kirk Franklin was my 90s gospel artist. Kirk Franklin and, 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 and God's Property, that's when they first did the rap with uh, Salt and Pepper, you know, and they stomp, you know, all that. That was like my first outbreak of like, I'm done with just hymns, you know. But <laughs> I'm done with Amazing Grace. No. So... When, in that time, the OPP song was very popular because these artists, they were all about unity and, and progression and change. And so you're down with OPP. And so as I'm, I'm, I'm reflecting on the 90s, I'm like, Lord, this is so interesting because if the world can come together to make a change for, for their objective, why can't the people of God come together and make a change for your objective? I mean, to be a Christian means you're Christ-like. And so if I'm going to do anything on this earth, it's to please God. It's to put a smile on his face. It's so that he is pleased with what my work is and no one else. But we've become so comfortable and so worried about what people think that we have stopped coming together because we're like, oh, wait, what if they see us together? They might think, they might think, what, you're saved? That you, you have purpose, that, that you can preach, that you can sing, that you can worship. I mean, people of God, stop allowing people to block you from doing what God has destined you to do. Because if you stop yourself from doing what God has destined you to do, you are ultimately leaving people to die that are connected to your purpose. It's not just about you. 
And so I'm going through the song, and I'm like, you know what, oh, baby, you know me. I'm like, God, I, give me something cool, you know? And he's like, oh, PP, I got you. And I'm like, that's how God talks to me in my head. So if y'all are like, is that how God talks? In my head, that's how he talks. So, oh, baby, you know you just dance right here, you know, back in the days. Okay, so, you know, I'm telling you, it's great. The 90s were great, for me at least. Um, so it, 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 it dawned on me. I said, okay, God, you want me to talk about purpose, OPP. And every time our job makes an announcement on the intercom, they'll say something like, Operation make a difference, let's go. Operation do this, let's go. Operation clean up time, let's go. And so I said, operation, operation. It's like a charge. It's like, guys, we got something to do. We, got, we have a task ahead of us. We have an assignment. So I was like, all right, God, operation pursue purpose. Mic drop. And then I said, nah, it can get better. It can actually get better. All right, God, operation power of purpose. Right, right, I felt that, I felt that too. And I said, okay, God, I'm going to charge your people to stand in their purpose and to do what it, what it is that you have called them to do. And so I started to reflect on the scriptures of how, how, what does that look like? What does it look like when you are purposed by God? First things first, you are purposed by God, so you know who you are and you know whose you are. And so that's very important because a lot of people, they, they know that they've been created by God and they think that they can make this life or live this life without him. But people of God, you can't detach yourself from the creator if you are the creation. In order to survive, you need the creator to guide you as the creation. And so with that, I said, okay, God, we know who we are. We are a child of God. The song sings it. I'm, a, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and never beneath. I am the lender and not the borrower. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we build up all these scriptures inside of us. We do all these things. And, and then when we take it and we learn it and we memorize it, we sit on it. We, don't, we, don't, we forget that those scriptures are supposed to mobilize us. But instead, we, we just do it cute enough so that the pastors can see that you've memorized some scriptures. Please invite me back. I don't want to get in trouble. I'm not gonna get in trouble. We, we do it for, so that people can know that we've learned a couple of scriptures. We do it and we post it so that people can see that we've opened our Bible for once. But I, I believe that there's so much more inside of us. I believe that there's so much more that we can do. I believe that it's far more greater than memorization, but it's actually going to mobilize you to propel a generation to make a change where you may not necessarily be able to do on your own and without him. And so I said, all right, God, give me more. Give me more. This is so good. God, I tell you, this is how I talk to the Lord because he's my Jesus. He's my daddy, my pappy. I love him. But <laughs> so I, I, I sat there and I said, okay, God, here, here it is. Who are you is the question, right? And so when you begin to think about who you are, you, you think about being chosen by God. And so I, I, I revert back to the story of David, right? And, and a lot of people like this story, but I particularly love this story because it was such an appointed time that God revealed 
a, a purpose inside of him, but it wasn't manifested until later, later, later on. So a lot of you guys know what God has called you to do, but, but you for, you've forgotten, and so now you revert back to your old ways. So David was just, you know, doing his job. He was doing his duty. He was uh, tending the sheep. And, you know, here comes the prophet Samuel. And can I tell you guys a little bit about the Bible? Is that okay? So here comes the prophet Samuel. He comes in, all cool, calm, and collected. He's like, I'm here to anoint the next king. And then he looks at this guy, stand up. He's like, it must be you. And then the Lord said, nah, nah. Then he's like, it must be you. Go ahead and stand up, pastor. I love them. <laughs> no, and then God said, no, that's not it. That's not it. Then he says, it must be you. Maybe it's you because you look good. You look like you could preach. You look like you could sing. You look, on the outside, everything looks good. And by the seventh person, Samuel was like, well, then who is it? And then God says, no, it's him. Number eight. Stand up, number eight. Look at that. <laughs> it's number eight. And then I asked myself, why is it that God chose number eight? Someone who wasn't even invited to his father's own party. Someone who wasn't even acknowledged by his father. And here I come to tell you, people of God, your mother and your father may forsake you, but God will never forget you. And a lot of times where you feel like you have been overlooked, God sees you. What it is is that he's waiting for the appointed time to call you from where you are. So stay where you are because it's training ground for where you're going to be. But if you leave where you are, you won't be prepared for where you're going. Stay with me. Y'all was still with me? And so David rised up and was anointed king. And I love this part because I'm like, man, you called him to be king, but he's still working with the sheep. There's something to say about somebody who knows who they are and don't have to boast about it. Someone said to me, what's understood doesn't have to be explained. I don't need to wear a Jesus t-shirt for somebody to know that I'm a Christian. They have to see it through my character. They have to see it how I walk. They got to see it how I talk, how I am in and out of church. Not just on Sunday mornings like, I am a friend. No. It's so much more than that. Because the enemy that stands before you has already a plan to attack you. And so if you're not prepared to stand against him, then you will fail. And so this is what I love about David because he was confident in who he was. So much so, this little boy stood against Goliath. Everybody knows the story about David and Goliath, the giant and the little boy, right? That's how they picture it. They say he was a giant, he was huge, and he was. And so I often look at some of my situations, right? And I say to myself, God, is it really that big? Is it really that big? And to us in that current moment, it feels huge. It feels huge. You literally stand before the enemy and you feel like, oh, I'm about to die. But then here's what I love about God. Whenever you feel like he's a band, and I always tell people this, do not mistake God's silence for absence. He is always there. Sometimes he's just waiting on you to be quiet so he can talk. Sometimes you just, you just doing too much that he's like, okay, yep, mm-hmm. 
And so when you're in the midst of this situation, you're facing your giant, you feel like, oh my God, I'm going to lose it. At that moment, you forget who you are. But not David. David was bold. David was rooted in the word of God. Because he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine talking about my God and who he is? Sometimes it's just enough to defend the gospel when you know the kind of God that you serve. And he knew the kind of God that he served would bring forth victory. I remember in school, and I wasn't bad. I promise I was really, really good sometimes. <laughs> I remember being in school, and I used to always get picked on, especially in high school. I don't know why, but it, I just let it like go over me because I was so shy. I was so, yeah, I know, right? I was so shy, I was so uh, uh, um, timid, I was scared of everything. When the bell rung, I was kind of shaking a little bit. It was just a lot, it was a lot for me because I was just kind of very like, very in, like my family was just like my entire world. So I was kind of sheltered, I'm not gonna lie, I was very, very sheltered. And so I remember this one boy who would constantly pick on me and then I used to be like, okay, it's okay, Sophie, just go home, get on the bus, whatever, it's fine. The next day, pick on me. It's okay, Sophie, get on the bus, go home. Next day, pick on me. And I'm talking about kids are mean in high school. Back in those days, kids were mean. They still are. We're going we gonna to do an altar call for all y'all kids in here that bully people. Okay, yes. So I, I get back on the bus. I, I said, okay, <sighs> get back to school. And I, I kid you not, this was happening every single day. And I don't even know if anybody can identify, raise your hand if you can identify of being like bullied or talked about or picked on or whatever the case is. Right, okay, so you know how I feel, right? You just kind of brush it off because you just don't want, you're just kind of scared. So you get on the bus, you mind your business, you come back home. There's just this one day that it wasn't a good day, okay? And I'm gonna stand up here just so you can see how tall I felt on that day. He comes to me and he starts picking on me. He's like, like bothering me. He's like pushing my clothes. And I'm like, guys, I'm just gonna put them right there. <laughs> and he's like, oh, pick it on me. I turn around. I said, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you and everyone you know. Just like that. <laughs> And his expression was, <laughs> and so though the words that I chose, the choice of words that I chose weren't that great, it was just like the first thing that came to mind to scare him off, I literally said the next day, there is a power that was on the inside of me that I didn't even know was there. And sometimes you guys are waiting for people to push you and, 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 and pick on you and nitpick you and things like that. You don't need to wor worry or wait that long. There is a power on the inside of you that God has given you. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. He that is able to do exceeding and abundant things above all that we can ever ask or think through the power that is within us. You have a power that can defeat the enemy. You have a power that can terrorize them. You have a 
power that can annihilate him. You have the power of Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. And if you don't know that, well, people of God, I'm telling you today, you have a power that surpasses all understanding. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guide you, will protect you, and will help you. But you have to remember whose and who you are. And because I remembered who I was, not that I use the right words, I knew who I was that day. And I said, you know what? No more. And sometimes you got to talk to the enemy like that. No more. Get off my kids. Leave my husband alone. Leave my womb alone. Remove yourself from my body. Sickness be gone. You have authority. God has given you authority to speak against the enemy. So why is it that you relax and relate and release on everything else but what you, God has empowered you to do? Look at your neighbor and say, you have the power. No, I need you to say, like, you have the power. I need you to yell at him and say, you have the power. No, that was the wrong neighbor. Find somebody and say, you have the power. And so in knowing who and whose you are, sometimes you do have to fight by yourself, right? Sometimes you have to tap into that power inside of you. But another moment in your life, you may need help. And that's okay too. Because there's some things that I've gotten myself into that it was the prayers of my mothers, my aunties, my uncles, my sisters, my brothers that helped get me out of it. And so I'm reminded of the story of Gideon, right? Because he didn't fight the battle by himself. He had to pick 300 people. And so I need to remind everyone in this room that you are not alone. You don't have to operate as if you are alone. You have the power to defeat the enemy by yourself. But, oh, the Bible says whenever two or three are gathered, he is among them. And one can chase a thousand and two can chase. Oh, yeah, I don't know the word. Hold on now. Am I in the right place? No? Okay. Yeah. So one can just stay with confidence. One can chase a thousand, two can chase. So that means I can do some by myself. But when I come together with you, oh, boy, we can make some noise in this place. We can make the enemy jump, scream, and flee all at the same time. One can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. That's a lot. That's a huge difference. My math, right? Nine thousand, right? Yeah, that's a lot. And so when you put yourself and, and, and you gather into places like these and you, you put yourself in a position where God can not only use you, but he can use everybody around you. And then when you come together, people of God, we have to stop operating in the spirit of comparison. The reason why we're not powerful enough is because we're, we're divided by comparison. And so when you are purposed by God, not only do you know who and whose you are, but you're confident enough to walk in who he has called you to be without comparing yourself to anyone. I'm sorry if you're taking notes. That's not the really, you don't have to write that long, but praise God. (laughs) Number one, you know whose and who you are. Number two, you have confidence in who he's called you to be that you don't have to compare yourself to anyone else. I told you guys a story about me being at the gym and the treadmill. No, no, no. Or it's a little embarrassing, but I'll share. Okay. Amen. So, <laughs> you know, every January, everybody goes to the gym. Every January. I'm very consistent in that. I will say that. Every January, I'm at the gym. So, I'm very consistent in that. So, here's the reality of the gym for me. When you wear the right clothes, you do something different, right? You, you, you different when you wear the gym clothes and the gym attire. It's something different 
when you walk, because you walk in with such confidence, like you've been there for a while. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like you're just so happy. And so I get to, I get to the gym. And of course, I'm riding by myself because everybody else was just sleeping. And I, I made it, you know, what is it called? New Year's resolution to uh, work out every morning at like 6 a.m. So I got there like at 8. But it was still good. People were still there, so it was cool. So I get to the gym, and I'm excited because I got the clothes. I got the water bottle that says, you know, health, fitness, repeat, whatever that thing is, repeat, repeat, you know. And so I get into the gym, and I'm, like, ready. I'm, like, doing all these, like, like this. Like, I'm actually going to do something, but I'm not doing anything. And so I get on the treadmill, and this woman next to me, you know, she has been there. You can tell. You can tell. Yeah, you can tell. So, you know, she steps on and I step on. I'm like, okay. And this is when God was still working on me and I was really, like, competitive. I still am a little today, but God is delivering me step by step, day by day. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. Okay. So she gets on the treadmill. She presses her, what is it, the levels, right? See? Mm. Okay. (laughs) She presses her level. And she, you know the sound that it makes, beep, 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 right? So she's like, beep, beep. Right? So then I go, okay, <laughs> beep, beep, right? And then, <laughs> okay. And so I'm like, you know, you gotta be cute with it at first. <laughs> and then she's like, beep, beep, beep. And I was like, oh. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and then she, <laughs> and mind you, she's not paying me any attention. She doesn't even care that I'm there. So, like, you know, her headphones are on, she's not paying me attention. So she's like, beep, 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 beep. And what did I do? Beep, 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 beep. So from this little brisk walking, I'm now racing on the treadmill. And then she's going fast, and I'm going fast, and then I fall. <laughs> and then I looked at the people, at the owners, the, what do you call it, the employees. They come up to me, ma'am, are you okay? I was just testing everybody to see if you were paying attention. <laughs> I am good. I am okay. So... I didn't get this revelation when I fell. But when I got up, went home, put some ice on my head, um, God, God revealed, you know, you can't run a race that was never yours. And so I know who I am. I'm confident in what he has called me to be. And, and being called by God doesn't mean that you, you, you rush the process, right? There are layers. There are steps to get to where God is calling you to be. You can't rush the process. David waited to serve as king. And even when Saul was, you know, uh, against him or attacking him, uh, who first loved him, uh, he still respected him enough to wait until, you know, his passing with respect to become and serve as king. Even though he knew he was called and anointed to be king. So you guys cannot, and we cannot, because I can't just say you guys, because I'm in that same boat. We cannot rush the process. What God has for you is for you. Don't look at the other person uh, on the left or the right of you and compare yourself. I always say, if you think the grass is greener on the other side, start watering your own grass. If you honestly think it's that greener, which in most cases it's not, because you don't know how much I prayed to get to where I am. Don't think that holding this mic was, was something that came easy. I didn't even like public speaking. I wasn't good at it. 
I was always scared to be labeled or talked about or badmouthed. But let me tell you something. The praise of a righteous one availeth much. And I prayed and I cried and I weeped in my room. When the enemy tried to attack my mind, I had to plead the blood of Jesus all by myself. And when I couldn't do it by myself, my mother had to come in. My mentors had to step in. My pastors had to step in. You don't know what I've been through to get to where I am. I don't know what that lady has done to get to where she was. And so I, instead of fixing my eyes, on Jesus I'm fixing my eyes on other people's purpose and I'm missing minds while I'm in the process a lot of you guys are missing it you're missing it because you're 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 taking okay so I want to sing like him I'm going to preach like him I'm going to dance like her and it's like how about you pause for a second and say Lord what is it that you have called me to be we can spend some time in conversation with the Lord he still speaks Whoever said he doesn't lie. God still speaks. But oftentimes we're so, uh, uh, our, our hearing is drowned by negativity or what people think and opinions of others. And we forget that the God that we serve is ready to tell us what we need if we just would only listen. Look at your neighbor and say, can you listen? And so in your purpose, and I don't think you guys will like this last point, but I'm still going to bring it. In your purpose, you also serve as a bridge. And you guys are looking at me like, wait, what? Here's the thing. I love to tell the story about Esther because it really, for me, in the book of Esther, you never really hear or see the name of God, right? You, you don't see it, you don't, and I told you guys earlier, don't mistake God's uh, uh, silence for absence. Uh, he's there no matter what. But the character of God is revealed in that place. The character of God is revealed in that story. And so if y'all don't know the story of Esther, let me just quickly say it to you. So Queen Esther, she was overlooked. She was a, 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 an orphan. She was a Jew. And, you know, in this world of Persian, the Persians, you know, they didn't really look twice at the Jews. They kind of didn't like them, really. They never really paid attention to them. And so Queen Esther, you know, who was an orphan, didn't have a mother, didn't have a father. People of God, can I just take a minute just to say this? I don't care where you came from. You have purpose. Because if an orphan who didn't have a mother and didn't have a father can become queen and save the nation of the Jews, oh, you could just only imagine what God can do through you. So never think that you're, because even when the people overlook you, God doesn't overlook you. I was reading this story about a, a, a woman who dropped out of high school in 1986 and, and, and she couldn't afford it anymore. So she decided to, you know, uh, go into a different path of career and she decided to be, become a talk show host. And so the year she was supposed to graduate was the year she earned $3 million in TV ratings and, and became a national uh, TV spokesperson. And, you know, I think you guys know her. Her name is Oprah. Right? Yeah. Oprah. Yeah. Give it up for Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> so she, she became a, uh, uh, a millionaire and then went back, to high, went back to college and got her degree. Now, this is a woman who has suffered molestation. She's been abused. She's been lied on. She's been cheated on. She's been through hell and back. 
But see, the, her destiny wasn't determined by her problem. Her, her, her path wasn't uh, blocked by her current issues. She allowed God to define where she was going. Now, don't get it twisted. Just because she ain't shouting his name all over the place, she knows it was Jesus that did that for her, right? Because I know a lot of you guys are here, and I'm like, man, if you only knew that half of you shouldn't even be here today. But God. And so when you look at yourself in your situation right now, you have to declare, listen, I'm, I, will, I refuse to stay where I am. I know that I have a purpose, and my purpose is greater than my problem. And so because I know my purpose is greater than my problem, I have a different walk. I have a different way I talk. I'm, I'm going to act like I know that you know that I know that you know that God has birthed something inside of me. Look at your neighbor and say, you are purposed. See, if that was my neighbor, I would be a little disappointed. I need you to do with confidence, people. Say, you are purposed. And so oftentimes when you're purposed by God, that means, that doesn't mean you're always popular. That doesn't mean you're always the one that people are cheering for. And anybody can attest that's a ministry, right? My mother has been in ministry for years and I've watched people talk about her. I've watched people tell her, oh, you are a single mother. All five of your kids are going to be a statistic. They're either going to end up pregnant, on drugs, or just a nobody. And I'm, I'm here as a number five, and I have a master's, praise him. <laughs> I'm not boasting, but I'm boasting. <laughs> I'm not boasting, I'm testifying, right? That's what they say, I'm testifying. No, and all my siblings are college graduates. And, that's, and I'm not giving glory to anyone but God. I'm not even giving glory to my mom. But here's what my mom did that provoked or that produced this kind of result. She was obedient, yes. she was prayerful, yes. and she was bold. Yes. And those three things, coupled up with Jesus guiding you, man, she was a bad mama Gemma. Oh, that's the 80s, right? Sorry. <laughs> so, and, and so she was obedient. And so when you are in ministry, I know the struggle. Even when you're not in ministry, you struggle. Listen, people of God, as soon as you say, yes, Lord, the enemy says, her. He's next. Get him. Grab her. Attack her. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Kill your relationship with God. Steal your joy and your peace. And destroy your destiny. That's his only job. He's not doing anything else but that. So if you thought saying yes to God was kind of like just ice cream and cupcakes and lollipops, you were sadly mistaken. But again, I encourage you to fight the good fight and finish the good race. Because what comes after is greater than what's now. And I know a song that says, I'm glad that I don't look like what I've been through. Man, if I look like what I've been through, these lashes would be on the floor. <laughs> Gone. But I'm so glad that I don't look like what I've been through. You know why? Because he lives inside of me. He is inside of me. So I feel bad for the people who has yet to come to know the Lord because he is such a great God. A God that, that, that's infinite. 
You know, we're talking about the different eras and all these things, but God remained the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Whether it be the 80s, the 90s, the now, he is still the same God. He's the same God that parted the Red Sea from Moses. He's the same God that delivered the Israelites. He's the same God that delivered the Jews out of the hand of the, the uh, 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 what's his name, Haman. This is the God that we serve. Tell me what your God cannot do, and I'll prove it to you in the word of God. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is God. So when you open up the Bible, you open up his heart. When you open up the Bible, you open him him up, and you get to know him more. And so when you are, and and this is my last point, when you are walking in your purpose, you, you are not just confident in who and whose you are. You're not just confident so much that you're not comparing yourself, but your, your purpose in a way where you can even sometimes land on the floor just so that other people can rise up. Because if you know what a bridge is, right, a bridge is what people usually, you know, cross over. Or, but, but ultimately it connects one place to the next and sometimes when there's a gap there's no way there's no access and so someone said this to me they're like you know what I thank God that you ran out of gas because I needed somebody to come and help me stay here and help me with the church stuff I'm like well I'm not happy I ran out of gas is that why God made me run out of gas so I can help you and so oftentimes we complain and we, we say, God, why me? Why am I going through this? Why am I doing this? Why is this happening to me? Why is, it, why is it not her? But why is it me? Because God is entrusting you to reveal a chapter in your life that other people need to see. Sometimes it's really for other people. Your miracle can be attached to someone else's testimony. Your blessing can be attached to someone else's glory. And that requires you to be a bridge. And what that looks like is laying yourself down and allowing people to cross over. And the person that did it so well was Jesus Christ. He laid his life down just so that we can connect with God. And so people of God, just like him, I'm not telling you to die. No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, Shift the way you think about your situation. If, if you're looking at your problem as if this is the end all, then you will never see what God is trying to show you. I sometimes say, God, uh, 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 show me what you see. Show me what you're doing. Let me know. Let me see it. And sometimes he won't. And that's where we have to trust him and have faith in him. Because being a bridge can sometimes be Lonely. Being a bridge can sometimes feel unpopular. Like no one cares. But God cares. And God sees. And so as I reflected on this word, I said to God, you know what, Lord? I don't want religion. I don't want it. I'm over it. There's a difference between religion and relationship. Right? If, 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 if I was drowning... In the pool, and I heard someone say this, and it really stuck with me. If I was drowning in a pool, religion would stand here and say, all right, flap your hands. Do the doggy style. Come on, just swim, swim. You're going to get here. That's religion. But if I was drowning, 
in the pool and I had a relationship with God, what it looks like is he jumps in and he grabs me and he says, I got you. And so all purpose is, is a relationship with God that is so connected that he entrusts in you. He trusts you to do his work. He doesn't need us. It is truly a privilege and an honor to do God's work. I don't take it for granted. I don't. It's an honor. But because I know I'm called by the great God, the God Almighty, the, the, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, then there's something on the inside of me just starts to jump because I know I got power and authority to defeat the enemy whatever comes my way. And so if you want to stand in that same authority, stand to your feet right now. Right now. Stand to your feet. Here's the thing about these kind of sermons. It has you thinking, right? You're like, man, is she talking about me? Is, is she, is she, is that me? Lord, am I not actually doing what you're asking me to do? Here's the thing. God can't bless the fake version of yourself, the prototype. He needs the real you. And so oftentimes we walk around here like what we think we're supposed to be. But what God needs you to be is just who you, he has created you to be. And you're like, but I'm not good enough. I'm not this. You know, I'm, I'm kind of weak. And, you know, listen, I tell people, don't, for, don't mistake my meekness for weakness. Because I serve a great God. But when it's time to fight, especially the enemy, I get down. And that's with prayer, warfare, fasting. I don't mess around. Because you, you want to come and take everything I God has given to me, well, I'm not going down without a fight. It's his battle, but we still have to fight. Victory is automatically ours because we're in him, but that doesn't mean the fight is over. The fight's not over until he comes back. And so you got to keep fighting. Got to keep fighting for your purpose. Keep fighting for what God has called you to be. Keep fighting for what he's asking of you. Don't worry about people talking about you and saying stuff. You are important. I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie, The Help, you, when the, the, the nanny was like, you was important. You was smart. You was, what is the other one? Kind. Sometimes you got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am important. I am purposed by God. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and never beneath. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I have the victory in Christ Jesus. He is the way maker, the promise keeper, and whatever God has for me is for me. And no matter what the devil says, I will walk in full authority that God has birthed inside of me. And I will not look to the right or to the left, but I will fix my eyes on Jesus and say, here I am. I am yours and only yours. No matter what weapon or the attacks that the enemy has put before you, I need you to stand tall because Goliath looks scary, but you don't even need that much to knock them out all you need is a little bit of faith faith as a mustard seed can move a mountain